You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. It's the Oscar weekend, Oscars, it's the Oscars, yeah. Remember that song on ABC about four years ago? That particular song was never I, a song. It was, it was, um, that song was better than the song. If you, if you remember, probably only me and you remember this, but about maybe four or five years ago, ABC, they have a show from 7 till 7.30, the, you know, red carpet little bit for the Oscars, and they had this weird song that they'd made up, and it, Whoever was nominated that year, it, it kind of had the verses was about that. Here's Andrew Garfield. Da, 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 da. It was terrible. It was really, really, really terrible. And fortunately, they never did it again. But it is imprinted in my mind that it happened. So uh, ABC, don't ever do that again. We don't need a little song about the Oscars. Um, but anyway, it's Oscar weekend. To a lot of people, that really doesn't matter. Just um, so you know. <laughs> to us, because we like movies. It matters. Yes. Well, the Oscars don't matter to me. I've got a different attitude about them than I think I used to. I don't really... I don't really... I don't know. I understand that it's a process that is not without its own corruption and its own favoritism. Because there are going to have been thousands of movies made this year. Like, this is the before the after the show discussion. We didn't work up to this part. But we were, we're talking, talking about, about the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. um, thousands and thousands of movies made around the world. And yet... We're going to focus on a handful of them. And what people might not know is that those movie companies pay newspapers, television stations in Los Angeles, mostly in the Los Angeles area, for advertising, billboards, signs on buses, ads in newspapers that say, that really keep reminding you. For your consideration. Yeah, full page ads. So if your studio can back you, or someone can come along and back you, or if all of a sudden that movie becomes cool... It may not have a lot of money, like the movie we just saw. I don't know that it's a big budget movie, yeah, but if all of a sudden it becomes cool to watch that movie and everybody's talking about it, then it gets attention. Not necessarily just because it's good, which it might be, but you've just left all the thousands of other movies, you know, that could have been equally as good or better because they don't have anything to push them forward. So I understand that it's not like a pure process. It's not actually all about quality. It's not all about talent. Sometimes it's just about a popularity contest, glitz and glamour and all that, which I can accept that part. Similar to the ABC show, The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't want to lower that, but no, I believe in competition. So even in art, which is very subjective, which is what movies are, it's also a big business. So you've you've smashed two things together. The art of telling a story with... A business of making billions of dollars. And that's really tough because, you know, not every movie that gets nominated is good. And anybody who claims that they are is full of shit. Yeah. Because they're not. There have been some bad movies where you watch them and you go, how is that up for Yeah, how is that versus this other one that we saw that, yeah, 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 it's just a matter. So I understand that. I can separate the two things from each other. So I don't highly value it. It's a fun event. I enjoy watching it. Yeah, we have a good really time good, fun. Really good. Uh, I, I always enjoy it. I like the music. I like the uh, <laughs> whoever the host is, Jimmy Kimmel this year. I like the jokes that they make and stuff. I really like the... Um, I like seeing the people come up for their uh, awards. Unfortunately, they play them off with music after about oh, a minute so now. Oh, so rude. 
Yeah, so now you don't really get to hear much of a speech because they get rid of them quickly. Somebody a long time ago got to be a big fucking baby and decided they didn't want to sit around for an extra hour or so. The Oscars used to would go until like. Because here they start at, they used to start at 7, and then they go to like 11.30 or 12. They could go the whole evening, which, as a kid, I loved it, because it was a Sunday night, and I would stay up late. Not necessarily I had permission to, but I always would. That was my favorite part, that it would just go on and on and on. And then at the end, you'd see our little local news would, would have to preempt their news and yeah. tell you like two minutes of news instead of like their half hour or whatever, because they didn't have time to do it. So I don't have a problem with the length and that. Me neither. Cutting people off is just rude. Just do less of the jokes and less of the music and just let people say what they want. I mean, good God. It's their industry. They're getting an award however you want to see it. To them, it may or may not be important. Let them have their moment or two moments or five moments, whatever. I got time. If I don't want to watch it, guess what? There's this little thing called change the goddamn channel. You don't have to watch it. Is that on the button when you press yes, it? Yes, change the goddamn... <laughs> change the... So it'd be C-T... Da, 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 whatever they, someone abbreviated. All right, so it is Oscar weekend, Saturday, February the 25th. Uh, it's after the show. We are a movie review show, hence the Oscars. And the movie we're looking at on episode 468 is... The movie that is nominated for eight Oscars this weekend, and it is Moonlight. It's a uh, 2016 movie released on Blu-ray February the 28th, so you can pick it up just after the Oscars, which is convenient. So, uh, yeah, pick it up on Tuesday. It's from our friends at Lionsgate, and Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Moonlight. This one's pretty straightforward. It is the, you know, coming-of-age story, growing-up story about a young African-American man who is gay and... In Miami. In Miami. In, just in life, I think, probably. It's, you but Miami is a, a... It has a certain feel to it. That. Nah, I think it's the same. It, it wouldn't matter where you put this story. It could be the same everywhere in the world, probably. And it wouldn't even have to be an African-American young person, except that it's very specific to each different kind of culture and every different neighborhood and community, and everybody has a different you know, thing to cope with. And so that's what it is, really. So, um... That one was easy. I knew very little about this movie. I didn't even see a trailer of this movie. So I didn't even know what it was about. In fact, the cover doesn't really give away anything, does it? No. Once you've seen the movie, that cover makes a whole lot more sense. But, um... So, I didn't know much about this movie at all. Aside from uh, a few interviews I'd seen that said, oh, most of the cast is unknown, but they do a really good job. I agree with that statement. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's a story of a boy. It's split into three parts, this movie, like chapters. There's the part where he's a boy, a little boy. There's a part where he's a teenager, and then there's a part where he's a young I'm sorry, did you just start talking about boyhood? (laughs) Yes. I said (laughs) to you, boy, hood, because this takes place in the hood. So... I'm not sure if that's accurate, but okay. It's in a neighborhood. <laughs> it's not a nice place where they are, is it? Some of it's, it's the fine. Home. Just got elements of crime. Yeah, the director, it was where the director was actually the same place where the director was brought up in a, he's, he, like he said, Barry, he had a terrible childhood. Right. It was drug dealers and his mother was actually a drug addict. Hence, stuff in this movie is personal to him. But um, this movie, like Boyhood, 
Boyhood's a different thing, though, because they took a whole lot of time to make that for 20 years, right? This movie, it goes through 20 years, maybe 22 years of a, a this man, this boy's life. But they used three different About actors. 17 years, I think. From 11 to 28, whatever right. that is. So they use these three different actors. Now, these three sections of the movie are punctuated. I told you by the... I said to you I liked it by this, like... I don't know if it's a moonlight motif. It's mm-hmm. like this uh, circle on the screen that flashes a certain amount of times. Almost like the years going by. Like, each flash is a year. I don't know whether that's true, but I was looking. I was like, oh, there was five flashes that time, and there was four flashes that time. But I like that style. Reminded me of Paul Thomas Anderson on Punch Struck Love, where it has those... Well, the second time wouldn't have gone ten times then, because it was ten years later. Yeah, I don't know if it did. Yeah. But um, it was. I like that. It punctuates the story. And at the beginning of this, the, the first part of it, the very first part had that terrible cinematography that you don't like, where it yes. spins around. Yes, oh my god. I thought, is this going to do that all the time? It didn't. Thank <laughs> so, goodness. And the three different parts of the movie, which I did notice... Had a different look to them. They kind of went with a different look for each ca- each time. I don't know if that was to reflect the mood of the character because the mood of the character was pretty much the same all the time. This character, as a boy, he's having a shitty childhood. He's kind of making the most of it in his own way. He's a bit of a loner because of all this. He gets to high school, which I think is the best part of the film, to be honest. It, it gives me... The high school part, I feel all the... I'd say terror. It feels like terror to me. Like, there's a lot of uh, following the character from behind, so it's like you're you're with them. You're, like, almost walking in the shoes. And that was where I turned to you and said, high school is terrible. Like, it's <laughs> it's intimidating, and and especially when this boy is different. Like... But he's not. We we're just told that, and like he's told that he doesn't appear. He, he's that. not. He's not. Well, but people he said, have picked up on a thing that someone else has said, and someone else has said, and because he's not into sports and he's not all tough, and he doesn't the want dance. to fight. He loves dance. Barely. We only see him dancing once when he's eleven. So that's nothing. We don't. That doesn't re- isn't referred to again. But I'm just saying, you can tell it's a thing that other people have put upon him, which is yet again, me. The main theme of this movie is he can't find who he is. Because no one will let him. And, and he's nobody to... He does have a couple of people he can kind of talk to, but generally he's on his own. Yeah, not hardly. You don't yeah. want to trust anybody. No. Like, that's what I kept thinking. Don't trust that person. Do not trust that person at all. Exactly. So he's he's a real loner, and he's trying to work through... He doesn't... He doesn't... You know, he's a kid. He doesn't know what... Somebody calls him a faggot. Pardon and he, the F word. That's pretty. And he doesn't yeah. know. Well, I'm, I'm sure. You know, we're all adults here. We get, we've heard this. Words. I understand, but some people are like sensitive to things. It's well, to some people that's just saying. I understand, but that's like saying the N word to other people. So you don't care, care, but maybe somebody does. Well, I would say I would say the N word too. I'm I'm saying N word. No, you say, don't. No, I would say it in a if I had to discuss it. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Actually, you want me don't. To say it? No, because you don't ever. But I, so I would if pretend. I was discussing it in the like. Yes, this film. If if you are offended by words, this film will offend you. you I you think won't. that's a bit dismissive, but okay. Well, you just said that you. It's don't not want about offend being offended. Anybody. And by I'm words. saying this movie is full of offensive words, right? It's not about being offended by a word. It's about the whole of it. 
Well, I'm, to get I the point across, if I said the F word, you would think I meant fuck. <laughs> so um, they call him that. I mean, he's called that. He keeps getting His called. His mother called you don't, him that. Yeah, and then he uh, asks somebody, "Am I one of those?" See, I'm trying not to be offensive. <laughs> and uh, again, dismissive, but okay. It's not dismissive. To say I'm trying not to be uh, offensive just because I've mentioned it is dismissive. If dismissive of me mentioning it, but that's fine. No, it's not dismissive. I was mentioning it because it's a big, massive point in this movie. It is. That people are hateful and this kid is trying to grow up. And when he's asking this question, am I the F word? Not the fuck word. The other one. <laughs> um, he's asking... Is He's asking everything. Is that bad? Is that good? Am I it? Does it matter? He's asking all those questions to this one person who is probably the only person who really would answer, give him a proper answer to it. It's really poignant, that scene. Mm, very. Um, and it explores from a very early age that he knows it's something in him is saying is is telling him what he is, right? But he doesn't. He I disagree. I think it's other people telling him when he when you're that age, you don't generally know yourself well enough or the world enough to know where or how your feelings or your how you are perceiving things is fitting in. But when someone else all of a sudden labels you, like his mother has labeled him. Yeah. And then other kids' parents tell them, grown-ups tell you what a thing is. And you're just like, oh, is that how I define that? Whereas before, you wouldn't even know that. When there are um, children at the beginning of the film, one of, another one of my favorite scenes, and there are a lot of really good scenes in this film. There's a scene where his friend comes up to him. They're all playing football. And he comes up to him and says, um, you know, he's kind of off to the side a little bit. And he says, you're tough, you know, he goes, um, I know you're a tough guy. I know you're tough. Because he's saying, no, I'm tough. I'm tough. And he goes, I know you're tough, but you have to show them you're tough. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like he, and But he understands as his friend as a kid even understands. Because as that friend grows up, he yeah. fakes his way through everything. Yeah. And he's like, no, you have to show them you're tough. You can't just think you're tough. You have to show them you're tough. There's, there's a lot of like little life lessons going on, like in the different things. They're not exact. They're not the lessons you should follow in life because a lot of this is misguided as well, you know. And the bit in the high school, like where there's just these bully, you know, the bullies you've all seen at school. Everybody's probably seen bullying at school. I saw lots of fights at school. You know, it's it, every day people tripping people up, smacking people on the back really, of the head. I don't know. In a small town, yes, you have teenagers acting like dickheads. But when there's only 200 kids, and those 200 sets of parents all pretty much know of each other or know each other, you don't get away with a whole lot of shit. You just mm. don't. Because if you trip somebody in the hallway, their best friend is going to go straight home and tell their mom, and their mom's going to call the other mom, and she's going to call the kids at the asshole kid's mom or the principal and say, none of that shit going on. So it's a little bit different. Yes, you get it, but it's on a different scale because you kind of feel like you're in a fishbowl more. In a big city, you're very more yeah. anonymous. In a small, small town... You have to be more sneaky about it. It exists. I'm not going to deny that, but it's just different. My school was like this school in this thing, but not quite so... I mean, this school seemed particularly tough. Actually, it really wasn't. When you looked around, everybody was just fine. It was a normal high school, but these one group of boys. The other kids, if you look, they're all just carrying their books and talking. And there's no, it's not like a rough school. 
it's just that this one group of guys are a bunch of dickheads. So there's a um, like a fight in the second act in the middle portion of it that is another like change of this guy's life. Because do you let these people beat you up and just deal with it? Like just let them beat you up every day? Or do you like fight back and you know, he makes a choice. Particularly good scene too where he Very good. <laughs> I was like I mean, I'm not a violent advocate person, but I'll tell you what, when people can push you just enough I don't know. I don't that's not right or I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I mean there is a point when you can't let somebody just smash you down. You just can't physically let somebody constantly if you want to turn the other cheek and be all like, you know, you know, whatever, that guy, <laughs> that one guy, that's fine, you know, from Walking Dead. Um, but it just doesn't make any sense. And when he finally, after all of his life of being very quiet and kind of just trying to figure shit out, it was that moment when he was like, I have to be that or I'm going to get s- stepped on forever. And then the next time we see him, he's, a he's all grown up and yeah. he's gone that direction completely. Yeah, he's the... He's muscle man. He's got the gold teeth. He's got, well, gold teeth covers. Thankfully, they weren't He's selling drugs. He's a... But he has the same demeanor as the guy who came along and picked him up. Yeah. Similar kind of vibe. But we don't see him getting beaten up anybody or anything like that. We don't see him showing his force. But it doesn't mean he's... He hasn't done something. We saw... (laughs) It's been ten years, so you don't know all the stuff he must have done. But it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like, this this boy, at the beginning, the very opening scene is this drug dealer, you know, find, finds him and kind of looks after him, right? Well, not exactly looks after him, but gives him like, a bit of mentoring, like, almost. Like, we need to get you out of your shell. We need you to... Here's, a, here's my girlfriend, who's a nice lady. You can come and speak to us. You can tell us things. And this kid trusts them. But then when he turns into a man, this kid... You can see the influence that that man yeah, has had absolutely. on it, and that's just a dude who is is, you know, and you can see the influence. He's, he's trying to be like him. He knows that that's when you're this drug dealer kind of guy. It's a suit of armor. Correct. It's like, exactly. Leave me alone. Don't fuck with me. I am hard. And like his and, friend said when he was little, they don't. You don't have to be tough. They just have to think you're tough. Right. And I think that's how he got by a lot in those 10 years. And in the teenage bit in the middle, we actually see his first um, gay... Experience. Experience. Not actually sex, but like a gay experience. And you can see that he's... As as he's leaving, you know, his friend drives him home and then it's, it's who he is. Like, it was right for him. That was it. But then the next time when we see him as a man, he's pushed all that back down inside him, but he goes to meet his friend from... You, you Ten seen, years later, yeah. yeah. And his friend. There's just that... There's a moment at the end, like a real love moment, I, I say. Like, it's a love story at heart, this whole thing. Mm, I disagree, but okay. D- did you not think that last uh-uh. scene was like a love... Mo- no, because I think Not like it's, a love... It, I think it's it, left. it was an expression of love, I saw. Yeah, but I don't know if that's a romance that's happening there. Or no, just I don't that... think it's a romance. I think there's love, though. What do you mean by love story? Though? Like, this kid has had very little love throughout his entire life. Like, his mother... She loves him, but, but she, she's fucked But up. she's fucked, so there's no feeling of love. Apart from, you know, one time when yep. she, was, she was putting... She was fucked out of her head on drugs, and she's putting her hand up to, like, 
touch him a little bit and he's like taking as much as he can of it because he needs like something doesn't he but he's not getting it so it's a lack of love story right but then at the (laughs) end it's like he i don't even know if it's love really it's just he can be in this accepting that this idea of sexuality i've just never understood and don't give me the bible bullshit because it doesn't fly with me but this that you have and we're all different right i don't particularly like sports I'm not a physical activity kind of a person. I like to art, do art and draw. You don't sit down and draw for hours and hours. My siblings don't sit down and draw for hours and hours. They watch Cardinal, uh, you know, uh, Cardinals baseball games for hours and hours. My father sits and watches news all day. My mom likes to go run around and just do crazy shit all the time. We're all different in all those things, but somebody along the way got a stick up their ass, maybe literally, I don't know, literally. and decided. That something about sexuality, they wanted to rule the world for everybody. And it makes no sense. Because if I had to pretend, let's say we flip it all around and I'm, I, I have to, like, I have to hide that I like watching movies. Like, it becomes, like, subversive and, like, you can go to prison for liking movies or something. And you have to pretend, you have to hide it. It's not the same as sexuality. I understand that. But to me... It's equally as impactful on the other person, on the third person. Guess what? Why do you give a shit if I like women? Why do you care if a woman in my life makes me feel loved and, you know, like sexually aroused and we have a home and we have a family and we have a garden and we go to the Cardinals game? Why do you give a shit? It it all stems from religion, right? I know. That's what I'm saying. And it makes no sense. Like, it actually is illogical. Because if someone would go, well, if everybody turned gay, there wouldn't be any more procreation. I'm like, I've actually heard that argument. Right. So that's as fantasy-oriented as any fantasy movie I've ever heard. Like, uh, what's the one? Children of God. Like, Children of Man. Like, suddenly, like, over time, everybody would be gay. <laughs> yeah. Like, there'd be and no... And guess what? We've got to a point in human history where... We know how to make babies now without having me to need to be in love yeah, with a man. But it is impossible for the whole of human race to become gay. I know. Like, and even it's if an it infection, did, like, and if everybody... that were, if, if genetically and like we just in fact, we evolved if... to that and then we all, it, we slowly stopped reproducing because of it, which we won't because we now have technology. We understand where babies come from. But let's say we're going to go with this insane person's attitude and stupid fucking logic, which isn't logical. Um... Eventually, then humans may disappear and become extinct. And that's fine if that's the way that nature has it planned out or whatever. It's not a plan, but, you know, if that's the way it plays out. But that's what this brings up in me is just this one more layer of in life, you know what? It's hard enough to be who you are. It's hard enough to say the simplest things to a group of people like when someone does tell a racial joke and you say to somebody in that group, that's not funny. Just like me saying to you, why would you use the, why would you say that word? And you get a little bit prickly about it, a little bit defensive about it. And so my choices would have been, well, just don't say it to him then. I just have to hide that that needs to be said or that I feel that needs to be said. Magnify that by the whole part of you that is about finding someone to love in your life. That is humongous thing to hide from the world and pretend just because somebody doesn't like it. It just makes no sense. So this movie, I was constantly thinking about that. And all the people like you even said, there's going to be people who watch this movie who have taken on the persona of the tough guy 
who are, actually are gay, are gay, and will never tell and anyone go, Holy ever. Shit, this but they'll really never got tell close anyone. To me, like you know, it just cuts into their heart. They might go home and they might be in the shower at one point, think back on this movie, and be like, oh, "Whatever." I mean, I'm just making up a scenario, but it just it makes no sense. It makes no sense. No one can argue that it makes sense. That scene where he's sat on the beach with his friend, um, and he ends up, you know, having a hand job from him. <laughs> Let's say. But what he says before that, where he says his friend also has this uh, armor on on him, where yep. he's like, "I'm a hard guy, leave me alone," like you know, like I'm a ladies' man. Yeah, that's his that's his thing. I'm banging women all the time. I'm so awesome, like kind of. He keeps drumming that into him, even though he's probably not right. So. Oh no, I think he is. That's the thing that you a lot of people is. do. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. Uh, he says uh, he's got that same armor, just a different one, and he's also. Interested in men and well, interested in in this. We don't know, or both. We yeah. you know we but don't he, get his whole story. But when he says about his friend here, the main boy in the movie says, "Oh yeah, I cry like I I cry a lot. I cry so tr- much. I'm, I think I'm going to become a drop. I'm trying to uh, you know he's expressing his emotions and he says to you and he's like, well." I, he says he doesn't, but I think he does. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's another instance of yeah. armor. Like, it, people don't say what they're thinking. They have to cover it. And in this particular world, which is a tough, we're all men here, we're all fighting each other. Whatever that means. Kind of We're all women here. Whatever the fuck that means. Um, it's even, it's amplified because... Why do you think people need that? Why do you think people need to have a definition of... Something that applies to everyone, therefore they can feel like they belong to something. I mean, I guess I've always been like a weirdo on the outside of everything because, not everything, I mean, I've got a mortgage and a house and a husband and, you know, I've slid along pretty much in in a normal vein, but my mind isn't always there. Like, I will always tell somebody if they're being racist. I will always tell somebody if they're being rude to their wife. I mean, I just will because... If you don't like it, then you don't have to be around me or whatever. But I guess I've never, I can't, this movie makes me think a lot about families too. Because he doesn't have much of a family. No, like it's, not right. hardly any. Yeah. So the argument that, well, without a father figure, this is going to happen. Well, that's not true. That's necessarily. not why. Yeah, exactly. It's not <laughs> because it is who you are. It's just that, you know, you think about all the people who start out without anybody. To guide them or give them any, any, you know, this character has to kind of cling to whatever's like said, there. Yeah. That's literally it. Whatever is there shapes him. When you see him as a man, it's all clearly right there on the screen. This is, this is what he is like. I wonder sometimes when some people watch this movie and they actually have suffered, you know, suffered in their life because they're hiding the fact that they're gay. If a movie like this has ever inspired, not just like this one specifically, but anybody to just go, fuck it, I've got to just tell everybody. I've got to be who I am. Surely, it must have. Must. Because it's a story yeah. about people. It's not just fantasy. It's, it's not, not like you're watching... It's not just about gay Yeah, stuff. exactly. It's not oh, like true. gay movie. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it could not. be anything. It yeah. can make you feel like, I am really wasting my life because of other people's rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of layers to it. It's not just, if you think, oh, I've heard about that movie, it's about the gay guy. It's not that. It's, there's actually a lot to this movie. It's about life. Like I told you, I've heard it rudely called growing up, like broke back hood. Yeah, 
But it's not. But it's not that, no. No, I mean, there's a, there's a gay element to it, but... There's nothing to do with the story. I mean, it is the story, but it's not the over thing. It's about human beings having weird rules about shit that doesn't matter. um, And masks that we wear just for... That is more acceptable in any community. And I'm not saying just like you're, you know, in a rough community where a drug dealer gets a lot of respect. But let's say you're a uh, kind of the... Let's use some other stereotypes. You're like the tough country boy with the cowboy hat and the boots and you're tough and you, you know, you, it's the same kind of a thing. But let's say you, everybody knows that you are an alcoholic. But the thing is, you're more respectable than your neighbor over there who everybody thinks is a gay guy. Or the person who is very successful in business and he's got a load of money and somehow we put him on a, oh, it's that guy. Welcome to our club and... Right. But he could be an asshole, right? Exactly. Exactly. That yeah. The things that, that you wrap around yourself right. mean more to people sometimes than what's inside. But then when you tell somebody, well, deep down inside, I'm a, I'm, I'm homosexual, that's a problem. They would rather you be superficial. It's very complicated. Yeah, so that's what well, this... And I like the three parts of the movie. They're all about... Well, it's a two-hour movie, so there is, it seems like it's split into... like There's no part that is longer than the other parts. It seems that was really well, well timed. paced. Yeah, very like, yeah. good. And just the way they um, segue from one part of life to the next is really good. There's no confusion like in some films where they recast the actor because there are three different actors playing the three different stages of life here. There's none of that. Is that supposed to be the guy? It's very clear what's going on. It's not messy. Some some get messy because you're like. Uh, is that supposed to be the, the kid? Like, it's not quite what I was thinking of. Well, it's of. not clear. It wouldn't be clear to you either. It's super clear the in camera, this movie. It's not, really. I mean, they just the focus. Way they see the camera's like, focused on him yeah. for the first three minutes of each time we transist. So it's good. You don't have another choice. If you were in a group of people, you wouldn't know. So you would be confused. So, yeah. The way they did it is good. good. Yeah, it's like an artistic way of doing it. Um, the second time with the ice cubes in the water was... I like that. It was really good. You know which part of me? When he's doing the ice cubes in the sink. Yeah. That that segue was really good. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the cast here. About the three the three parts, by the way. I do think if I had anything to say wrong about this movie that I don't like, I do feel like it lost a bit of its steam towards the end. Like they were really strong the first two parts. Like really strong, especially the little boy. Who barely speaks, but holy shit, do you know what he's what he means? Absolutely. And the teenage part is quite intense. The last part really feels like a stage play almost. It's just a literally one scene in a place. It is heartfelt and emotional, I think. But what's well, two restaurant yeah, and apartment? Yeah, true. The one with the mother. Yeah, as well. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But the third part is more. It's it's a dramatic, like. It does sum up the story. It's a little bit more unraveling. It feels finally. different to the other two parts a little bit. And that was the only bit where I was like... It's almost... It's not running out of steam. Because that would be too... That would be too harsh on it. But he has, But the thing is, in life... Like, if you come to a new conclusion... Which you feel like that's where he's headed. All these other ones... It's, it, it's him getting tangled and twisted and crammed and pushed and 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 shoved into this a way to be for everybody else and all of a sudden 
that has to melt off. It's like a release at the end. Yeah, but like this, it's like it's just slowly, you know, he takes out his gold teeth thingy and you're like, oh, thank God, it's not permanent. So there's also a release he, he in has, the middle. Too. He has a really boyish quality when he reacts to a lot of the things, which I love that. I thought that was like amazing that the grown version of him, the Trevante Rhodes guy, he had the, like the instinct to put his face in a position that was just like the youngest boy. Yeah, um, it was like Alex he was. It's like he uh, even shyness. And the when thing is, every person who's grown up has a child. You were a child. I don't care who you were. There was a child version of you. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, the child version still exists in. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, you're still the same person. You just know more stuff when mm-hmm. you've done more stuff. But yeah. I thought that was like reverting him back to where he can start again. But I thought that was really good. Yeah, so moving on to the cast, you say this first guy's name, because I can never say it. Ahershala Ali. Mahershala. Yeah, he plays one. He is, um, we've just seen him, actually. We just finished watching Luke Cage on Netflix, and he's, like, actually one of the main characters in Luke Cage. And he's superb in Luke Cage. Really good. I was like, who is really this Really good in he's this. Awesome. Like, and in really this, good. he's awesome too, right? Um, he is, uh, he's not the main part of the movie. He is a big presence in the movie. But, um, you know, he's not in the entire movie. He's a big presence in his life. Yeah. But he's not an overwhelming presence in the movie. No. Except that the kid puts on the shell of him as a grown-up. There's something about watching this actor. And, you he know, this- a lot of people won't know who he is. Or even have seen his face, I don't think. But there's something about him. Watch him when he's acting. Or just being... He's always moving, like he, uh, it, when he sat down as well, he, he kind of, he's like a hummingbird, he's like, there's, really? there's a lot of, uh, that's very energy realistic. in him. <laughs> but I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing that on purpose, I think it's just how he is, like, he's got, like, a force about him, he's kind of, there's a presence to him. Which is interesting, because the character he plays in Luke Cage. Yeah. Had been a boy who was, yeah. who should have been something different, like a musician, and yet, the he people around him, he was pressured into be a gangster. Maybe somebody saw this and went... <laughs> no. Well, was this before that? Yeah, it was made before Luke Cage. Was it? Yeah, just before it. He, he came off this to do Luke Cage. But yeah, it, there is a similarity in the Luke Cage character. Because he's cramming everything in to be this hard man. That he really shouldn't be, because he's actually... Well, he obviously isn't, yeah. Because he is a woman who... Creative. There is no strife that we see. There's no tension. There's. It's just, we're getting by doing this thing that I have to do, which is dealing drugs and, and basically managing drug dealers, I think, at this point where, yeah. that we're at with him. Yeah, he's high up in the ladder. And he has a problem with it. You can tell. Everything that it, he is feeling as a character comes out. He struggles with what he's doing. But he's when the little boy maybe asks he him, thinks that you a drug dealer? taking on this kid in a little way is a little bit redeeming for him. When the little yeah. kid says, "Am I gay?" and then he also says, "Are you a drug dealer?" Yeah. When he has to tell the kid, "Yes, I am a drug dealer," it's you like can he's see he's not fully proud of. Oh him. No, 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 no! It's like because the kid gets her, the kid's mom gets her drugs from him, so and I don't tough. want you to think I am something to look up to, so you be that me, which he eventually ends up being. Um, but you can see all that on his face. That's what I'm saying. This guy is pretty, pretty good. Um, there's three different versions of the boy. Boy, teenager, man. The boy's played by Alex Hibbert. They call him Little at that time. Ashton Sanders plays the teenager, who's called Sharon. And Travante Rhodes plays the adult version, who's called Black. 
Um, all three of them are unbelievable. There is... It's... I can see why this is up for so many Oscars, because these three, who you will not have seen before, they're all new to acting, are unbelievable. They... Absolutely. I buy everything about all of it. Uh, 100%. The youngest one is my favorite, but well, ever all of them. The yeah. Alex Hibbert. Uh, the teenager is actually... The young The young kid is amazing. I mean, like I say, it doesn't speak a lot, but I know everything that's going on in his head without even thinking about it. It's just like, oh, yeah. But the teenager, I thought, was unbelievable. And the adult version, it's a more subtle downplayed kind of thing because he's trying to be inside this but you understand everything about him the scene with his mother when he's older I really liked when he goes to see his mother but all all three of them but Janelle Monet, who apparently is a singer that I'm not aware of plays Teresa she's the girlfriend of Ali (laughs) Uh, what did you think of her? Amazing. Oh, she she didn't have a lot. She's do, never acted before. But I totally bought her character. And I bought the... She's with this guy who's a drug dealer. And there's going to be some turmoil in his life at some point. But she's a super calming influence. She doesn't get pissed off. They don't show Not her all, being... No. no. And so I feel like they've been through all their shit already by the time we meet them. For some reason, they don't have children that we see. I mean, that are ever referred to or there's any notice of at all. So there, you, you have to add, like, well, don't know what's going on there. She's just 100% accepting. Even when the kid's very says very little dialogue and he comes in one time and she says, are we going to talk to each other today? And he says nothing. And she goes, that's all right. I didn't want to talk to you anyway. <laughs> but not in a hateful way. In a... I'm you trying can to get be, you... Yeah, yeah. You can be here. Just, you know, just be who, what you are here. Like, um, So yeah, she was great. And then finally, and she's up for an Oscar for this, Naomi Harris... She plays Paula, the mother, the drug addict mother of the young dude. And holy crap, I didn't know it was Naomi Harris until on the extras she's being interviewed. And I was like, what was she in the movie? Why is she talking? And then I went, oh, shit. Yeah, it was her. It's not because they've like transformed her in any way, like put plastic makeup on her or something to make her look different. It's just I see her in a certain way and this is not how she is like. How she is in this movie. She's not like the stereotypical crackhead mother with like, you know, sores all over her face and all that kind of stuff. She's just this, her Broke. hair's a bit messed up. She's broken. She's, uh, she's. Oh, all- they do a lot of makeup on her. They like dull down her skin tone a lot. They give right. her that ashen kind of look. But she, and they give her really I bad, know was a- like spots around her eyes and shit. And Naomi Harris is um, from, you'll know her best from James Bond. She's a money penny in James Bond. Um, she's a British actress. You would never guess she was a British actress again in this. Awesome. Um, and she's up for an Oscar. And I, from what I've seen, I would give her that Oscar because that was some next level stuff. She was really good. Yeah. She was like, um, she had to do, she had to go, her arc I mean, I was actually like the same because she went goes from what we see as being a successful nurse because she comes home from yeah. work. She's fine. But she's nervous. She's living in a shitty neighborhood. She's got this son who later we realize, because she says, she already, she thinks, 
that he's gay, but in a bad way, she thinks. Yeah. Like, it's bad, it's terrible. She can't raise a son on her own like this. And then we see little bits and pieces of her falling apart. And then by the end, almost the end, she's completely a wreck. And then we see her, you know, and I can identify with this not as myself, but I have a sister who was a very bad mother, we'll say, when she was younger, I would say, to my nephew. And as time's gone on, you know, he's a grown man, She's and he's got six kids, and she's, you know older now and tired and has apologized and felt what this mother shows her feelings near the end about like I've fucked up everything like I I, there's nothing I can do and he accepts her apology which I think is really good yeah it shows the kind of person that he always was not this like hard man person you know but the kid who just wanted somebody to care about him so I thought everybody was amazing like there isn't anybody who let anything down I didn't think and this director, Barry Jenkins, um, he's actually did make one more film. I didn't un, I didn't recognize it at all, but he's like known for a lot of short movies. But um, after seeing him in the extras uh, and listening to him talk about this movie, I, I really dig him. He's like, he's into this, you know? He's not like a, you know, a poser or a, you know, that kind of filmmaker that you sometimes see where you go, oh yeah, they're just in it to, you know get an Oscar or make some money. He's, no, he's a guy who cares about this. He, this isn't his story. It's a pre-existing story that he took on. But uh, it has similarities to his own life, so it obviously resonated with him. But um, it's really well directed. It's really well cinematographed, aside from the spinning around bit at the beginning, which is literally reserved to one or two shots. But the rest of it is that naturalistic following people from behind, like just pulling up on somebody's house and you, it feels like you, you forget that it's a camera thing. It's just like you're just, it's a documentary almost. You're just following a person. Um, I really like how that is. So the Blu-ray um, comes with some extras. It comes with a, a audio commentary with the director throughout the whole film, which would be interesting. It comes with um, the Ensemble of Emotion, the making of Moonlight, which was really good. It's not so much the making of Moonlight as in they show you all on the set or anything like that. It's more they talk about every character and talk about how they cast that person and what that person brought to the thing. There is no technical making of like that. There's also um, Poetry Through Collaboration, the music of Moonlight. And the guy who did the music, unlike last week, Manchester by the Sea, where I didn't like the music. The music in this I really liked. It's like orchestral. There's a, there's a bunch of hip-hop in here as well, and old soul music, like Motown. But the um, orchestral score in this movie actually added emotion to the scenes instead of it feeling heartstringy. I agree. You know when he's in the water and he's teaching him how to swim? That music there especially, it... it feels correct the music it doesn't feel like oh that shouldn't really be there so yeah the documentary uh, sits down with the music guy who did the music and uh, he talks you through how he came across he actually took classical music and added like a hip-hop what they do to hip-hop music is they take samples of old records and they pitch or bend them to make them sound different so he took classical music and pitched and bended it in the way they would do with hip-hop to make classical music sound different so you will experience that when you listen to the music. 
And finally, there's a Cruel Beauty filming in Miami, which is just a very short thing about how Miami's a star also in the movie and they wanted to showcase Miami, but not the Miami you're thinking of, more of the downtrodden... Definitely. ...other part of Miami that you don't generally see in movies. So, uh, yeah, pretty good extras. Um, Very good movie. It's quite clear why this movie is up for eight Oscars. Super high quality and very, like, lean-in kind of movie where you just... It just makes you think about individual humans and then us as a group and what we do to each other for things that just don't matter. It's one of those things where I'd watched the film and thought to myself, this is what I really like about movies. This is a story I have no relation to. This story, you know, Miami, drug dealers, gay people, uh, violence. I don't have a relation to it, but I can experience that. I can experience it through this movie and then come out with the conclusion at the end of, despite the scenario that that it is, it could be uh, in the favelas of Brazil or in London or in Miami, in the hood. People are people, and the stories are about people, not really about the situation. Like Absolutely. So that's what I got from this. So thanks to Lionsgate, um, and we'll see if it wins some Oscars tomorrow. I am betting it will win something. So um, onto, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some contests going at the moment. Next week's Blu-ray review is another Oscar-nominated movie, and it's Marvel's Doctor Strange. You wouldn't think, you might think, Oscar nominated? Well, it actually is. So we're going to look at that next week. I'm sure that is a big difference from Moonlight to Doctor Strange. Takes all kinds. Yeah. So movie recommendations. I actually have three. My first one, I was thinking about this movie all the way through watching Moonlight. And it's another Oscar winning movie. And it's called Crash. It's not the Crash that I love, the David Cronenberg one. It's the other one. This movie reminded me of Crash quite a bit. It has that kind of vibe to it, the way it feels, if you know what I mean. The music, the the way it's filmed. The tension. Yeah. Yeah. So I go. I would go and recommend Crash. I would also recommend Boyhood, just from the story of somebody growing up. Boyhood is more literal. They're actually really seeing an actor grow up. Um, but it is still a good movie. A different movie to Moonlight. A very different movie. That boy's that boy's growing up's not quite as traumatic as this one. And then my third one is the wrestler Darren Aronofsky's the wrestler, because I said to you during this movie, this scene of the this way of filming, following a person, and it looks like they're in a video game, third person just walking, like the camera's stuck in a position. Was that the wrestler when we first saw that? It felt to no, me like it was. It wasn't. And then Black Swan did it and. But uh, it's now a thing. It's like a filmmaking tool. Like that's a that's an actual scene. Some people do that shot. Oh, we're going to do that shot. I wonder if they call what they call it. Third person shot. The it's a very specific shot. If you if you've ever played a video game with a third person character, and the cameras at a very specific angle and distance from the back of the person, and it doesn't really move. It's that. It's like you're controlling the person. It's it's cool. It's a good looking, and it's a lot of that, those shots in this movie. So, what are your recommendations? Mine are going back to 1987, which is the 30 year ago thing. The list of movies that I have seen, and two of the movies from that year in the order that I'm picking them are Hellraiser and House Two. 
<laughs> now, Hellraiser, I had never seen any of them until two years ago, and I watched all of them one October for my Halloween extravaganza, and also watched House and House 2, and I might have watched if there's a third one. I don't remember. They're not great, the House movies, but uh, they're kind of fun. A Hellraiser? I read the Hellraiser books before mm-hmm. I saw the movies. I was into Clyde Barker and read like tons of his stuff, and then when I saw the movies, I... It the later of, movies, it's super hokey and everything. The first one, though. It's pretty hokey, but... But still cool idea, like... Yeah. Cenobites. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a freaky image as well to it see. It is, like, it is, yeah. The so, first one's actually really, like, kind of gross, like, it's... It's some more gross... of, the, of its time. Yeah. 1987, so, yeah. you know. But yeah, they're not Oscar-winning things. They're just <laughs> no. schlock, you know? Uh, so, games and Ace Scully stuff. We actually saw another Oscar-nominated movie last night. Not that we're going to cover it on this show, but we did see it, and it was Passengers, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Um, it's up for Best Production Design tomorrow night. What did you think of Passengers, quickly? I enjoyed it, but it's really dumb. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's just really dumb. I preferred it to uh, Arrival, which is weird. Like, Arrival was alright. But if Arrival looked right and had a slightly different vibe, you would have liked it more. I really... it. The story of Passengers... Because you liked the one, um, Midnight Special, was that what it was called? Yeah, it was really good. And it had a similar... It had, like, the quiet kind of... Where some crazy shit would go down every yeah. once in a while. But it had a toned-down way of looking at an alien type of a thing. And you said, that's what bothered you about Arrival. But it can't be, because we've had other quiet alien movies. And that's what Arrival is. But, um, Passengers has nothing to do with aliens, except that we're the aliens. It's a love passengers. story in space. Eh, not really. See, I just disagree with you. So a much. romantic space movie. It's about a selfish guy in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's got, not a love it's story. Got some... It's the same as that other story where he tricks the woman into falling in love well, with him. Well, spoilers. What? Well, you said it's a love story. No, I'm saying it's. <laughs> it, it... I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's really dumb and it's not written very well. It's just an interesting concept. I like anything far in the future where humans are going to other planets or other places to, like, live. And this was, like, about colonizing other planets, which I find really fascinating. It's a, it's a popcorn flick. The, my favorite thing was when he said, on Earth, there's because he's a mechanic and engineer, he builds things, and he says, I, there's no, I'm not really that needed anymore. But in a new, on a new planet, I can build my own house. I can fix things. There's value in what I do. Which made me think, it's kind of the way humans are going. Yes, we're always going to need to fix some things. We just watched a car program <laughs> yeah. where they built cars and... There was robots building cars, and there were people, but eventually those people will No, be there less, have to always be people. There'll be less fix- and less people. Yeah, but there always had to be people to fix the robots. Right. So. But eventually, like the, the percentage would be 80% robots, 20% True. people, whereas the other way around. So eventually, we're, we get less and less useful. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, Passengers, it's a dumb sci-fi movie. It's got so many potholes in it. If you start to think about it, it kind of ruins it. Your head will hurt. Yeah. No, it kind of ruins it if you think about it. So I kind of just went with it. It's really fun. And it's a very fun what-if scenario, I thought. So, yeah, I enjoyed it on that level. I I actually liked it. I would watch it again. Um, Games that I've been playing this week. I've been playing more For Honor by Ubisoft. I told you about it last week, so I don't really have to tell you much. It's a cool fighting game with... um, Knights and Samurais and uh, Vikings. And I've been playing the online portion of it because I've finished the story now. And the online is really fun. It's like Street Fighter, 
but it's also like um, like a third-person hack-and-slash game. But uh, you're up against other people, and other people are getting better and better at it over the days, I've noticed, so I, I can't keep up with a few of these people. But every ki- every like scenario you go into for fighting, it's like uh, rock, paper, scissors, and it's very tense. You actually find yourself holding the controller really tight because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, that's for Honor. And uh, this week, there is a huge game coming out this week. Uh, We'll talk about it next week. But uh, on Tuesday, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out. It's a PlayStation exclusive. And it's the game they've been showing off at E3 for the last three years. Um, It looks amazing. I will talk about it next week. So uh, Stenguli, what is it? Fanguli uh, is a horror host, H-O-R-R-O-R. He dresses up funny. He tells uh, not funny jokes necessarily. Never weird, funny. Weird jokes. <laughs> Sometimes we're like, oh, he went a long way for that one, and yeah. it's not paying off. But he likes it. He seems to enjoy it. And he presents a movie in within two hours, and right now he's on a four-week kick of... This will be the final week. What company is it? Paramount? Toho. Toho. Godzilla movie. So he started with the very first Godzilla movie, and then he's gone through some, and this week is called Godzilla's Revenge, or All Monsters Attack, in which we are told, and we see, it's going to have Godzilla's son. So we're going to see, <laughs> and there's a child, and so the child's going to be in peril, I'm sure, Last or week's... stand around looking like a lot of people seem to in these movies. Last week's Mothra one that we watched was actually kind of cool, <laughs> I thought. Was... Apart from those weird little women. No, I love that. That's my favorite. That. that was my favorite part. The little twins. I, you can part. throw them in the sea. No, I, don't I like that. I like all of them. They're they're weird and uh, entertaining. There's there's nothing you can say that subtracts from the weird entertainingness of them. So that's it. All right. So what is for dinner? What's before... for dinner is rice with mushrooms in it. If you don't like it, then I have frozen dinner for you. Because you never know. You may not not like my creations. I like my rice and mushrooms. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, you know, but you never know. It's got seasonings in it, and sometimes you think it's a little floral, because if I mix all my seasonings in there. yeah. We'll see. But we have other options. Um, The other options being... A TV dinner. Frozen Amy's dinner, which are vegan, so it would be like a pad thai, or what the other one was, I forget. So they both look really good, too. And they smell really good. I didn't get the Indian one, because it always smells a little bit weird. Tastes delicious. Smells the whole house up. And finally... My advice is... Don't succumb. Do you know what succumb means? Yeah, like give up. Right. Don't give in to a thing. Um, like be sucked into it. Right. And one of the examples, and a different kind of example, was we were watching The Jump this week, which is a British show where they go up to the Alps, Swiss Alps, and they have a famous lady who hosts it, and they have famous people, celebrity people, who do these insane... Winter sports. Winter sports, which are like cross-country downhill skiing against each other, the skeleton and the skeleton was, he said, you have your urge when you and they're going like ninety kilometers an hour on this thing, and these aren't trained people, right? And so as they're going down, he his advice is don't ever let go. Like your body feels like you should just as soon as you start something goes wrong, you feel like you should just let go of the board because you're on this board. Never let go. Like don't give in to that because it's worse. It's way worse, and we've seen it. Like. And I just, that kind of translate, you know, um, I just think some people in life succumb to, uh, we're talking about here, this guy succumb to 
giving up his identity yeah and i'm not in a weak way but in a way that's like i just can't i don't know i have to just give in to this and be this other thing and i think that as much as we all do it on a tiny scale you know day to day just don't like if you get ill or someone else gets ill or something else bad happens in your life or you go broke or your husband wife leaves you boyfriend girlfriend ditches you kids grow up to not be what you want and you just want to let it all, you know, crush you, but just don't give in to it. Because that's kind of the easy option, you know? It's okay to take a break and figure out what you're going to do <laughs> to, like, cope with the thing or be productive again or, like, you know, be able to just be a person again. But once you give into it fully and just decide, nothing's worth it, then just fuck it and just, I give up. I don't know. I just feel like you always have a chance to not give in. Always, always, always. All right. So almost always, unless like that's you know, the end. But I mean, you almost always have another chance. Let me remind you about our website, say scully.com and sidtod.com. Uh, if you're a hacker and you're from the Ukraine, sorry, because <laughs> uh, you really give us some grief. Um, if you uh, want to catch us on Twitter and Facebook, we're on there, a scully and Sid Talk. You can catch us on the uh, this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen right there on the page. You can download all the shows from that page, or you can press the RSS button and subscribe in whatever reader you choose to. You can also email feedback to me at Don't email Sid Talk. She really has no interest in any of you. <laughs> and... Uh, Finally, uh, stay classy, the Oscars. Because it is a classy celebration of movies, and tomorrow night will be no exception. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 